You're listening to the Bear Down Chicago Podcast with Logan Bradley, Ryan Dangle, Patrick Sheldon, Brendan Chagru, and Jack Wright. The Bear Down Chicago Podcast. Yeah, we're that Bears podcast. All right, folks, welcome into another edition of the Bear Down Chicago Podcast. I am your host, Ryan Dangle. I am joined by the assistant editor of Bears Wire. That's Brendan Chagru. Uh, Patrick Sheldon, you can read him on DeWitty City as part of the Fan Sided Network, or you can find him on Twitter at P underscore Shells. Logan Bradley, as I live and breathe, is actually here. I, boys, I don't know. I don't know if I believe it. I don't know if I believe it's it right now. to be but, alive. But he is here. You can find him at Bear Down Bradley. Now, boys, unfortunately, Jack Wright cannot be with us. But I do think that we got to admit, just just really quick, the new digs. They're they're pretty sweet. For all of you that are listening on the audio, uh, we've got a new look on our YouTube page. We we finally went after the the industry standard instead of me trying to land a spaceship. Um, <laughs> shells. I, I mean, or a spy you, balloon, right? <laughs> <laughs> there it is. We're not even what uh, two minutes in, and uh, there it is. There it is. Uh, so, folks, just going to put this out here. We don't always do a great job of this, but if you could follow us on YouTube, follow us on Instagram, follow us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. Uh, for most of those, we're at Bear Down Chai Pod. If you want to email us for some reason, Bear Down Chai Pod at Gmail. Boys. Just talk to me. How was the week? Our guest isn't even here yet. When when he gets here, we'll get super excited about it. But uh, playoffs waiting for a Super Bowl. What's going on with your lives right now? It sucked to not have football last week. Like, like very weird. It's almost that like intro into accepting the fact that there's just not going to be football for a while, except for the USFL, of course, the premier spring football league of America that everybody's waiting for. But yeah, very sad, but I'm, I'm very psyched for it being Super Bowl week. Yeah, this was, this was tough. I mean, the first Sunday without football, and don't get me started on the Pro Bowl competition, whatever the mm-hmm. hell that was. I don't mean, care. It, no, there were. <laughs> it just looked like an unorganized field day, with like at a school, like just people running around trying to get these different ops, obstacles set up. And I tried to think. I'm like, man, how did I spend all summer and all spring like without football on Sundays? And I'm like, oh yeah. I went to the uh, the craft brewery and just, you know, did some Sunday drinking every day or every Sunday. And I can't do that yet because it's too cold. So that was that was tough. Guys, it was amazing. Uh, basketball is officially over for my two kids. And I have until the 14th of February before baseball starts. So I've been enjoying some uh, unexpected downtime. I don't even know what to do with myself. I have like two nights a week where I'm not shuttling kids to practices. So um I don't even know what to do with myself. It's crazy. So it's nice. It's been nice. But I am looking forward to the Super Bowl. Uh, I do like the Chiefs in this one, guys. Getting points. Mm, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's... Before we get to our phenomenal guest, who I, I'm so excited that that he's here, we do have just a couple quick things, uh, thank yous that we have to give out. The first one is to our guy Jeff Cadwallader. 
Are you thinking about buying or selling a home in the Chicagoland area? There's really only one person that you want to be talking with. Now, we mentioned it last time on our last episode that Jeff is moving from that other group, which we won't even mention by name, and he is now with EXP Realty. I talked to him about it, and he just he, he's doing it because he cares so much about his clients, and he wants to make sure that he gives his clients the best opportunity that he possibly can. When you have questions with real estate, Jeff Cadwallader, now with EXP Realty, has your answers. Whether you're buying, selling, or just wondering which improvements to make around the house, Jeff's there to help you make the best decision for your future. Jeff's 15 years of experience have been featured in Chicago Magazine and even Forbes because of his commitment to his clients. Give him a call. Give him a text. 630-254-4734. If you do talk to Jeff, let him know the guys, the Bear Down Chicago podcast. Say hello. I'm wearing this hat right now because I am in desperate need of a haircut. It's been probably about a month and a half, which is ridiculous for me. I unfortunately am not in the Chicagoland area, but if you are, you need to head down to Sheridan's Barbershop, which is located in historic downtown Wheaton, Illinois. They've been serving the community for 69 years with six barbers open six days a week, Monday through Saturday. They have appointments available to book online or by phone at your convenience. You can go to Sheridan'sBarbershop.com or call 630-668-0137 to book today. Sheridan's Barbershop, where traditional meets modern. All right. So obviously we, we haven't talked about it yet, but another big thing this week that happened was the Senior Bowl. And the first person, I swear to God, the first person I thought of when I'm thinking about guests to bring on who can break down what happened this week in Mobile was Robert Schmitz. So I am so excited to have Robert on the pod. We're so excited to have Robert on the podcast. Um, Robert is the host of the Bear With Me podcast. He writes for Windy City Gridiron. He does film breakdowns, all 22s. He's one of the best follows on Twitter, uh, honestly. He, his film breakdowns are so good during the season. And he spent the week down in Mobile, Alabama, and I, I can't wait to pick his brain. So, uh, Robert, thank you so much for taking time, man. I know you're probably exhausted after this week, but how you doing? Well, I, I am exhausted. And as you can see, <laughs> I figured I'd bring all of the branding because I got the sweater last year. I got the hat this year. And I was like, well, let's just let's just go full cornball. I have been to the senior bowl. Uh, and it is it is a lot. I mean, it's pedal to the metal. It's football practice. It's analysis. It's content creation. Like it's the essence of what I like to think we all want to do. And it's a whole lot of fun. Uh, I highly recommend to anybody that you go if you get the chance. It's four days out of your schedule, especially if you're a content creator. You'd be shocked at how easy it is to get credentialed because they want to open up publicity to anybody that's down to go. Uh, it's super fun experience. You get to meet a bunch of people. I got to meet Kevin Fishbane, uh, among others, which is which is fun. But I know we're not here to talk about who I networked with. We're here to talk about the Bears and who shined at the Senior Bowl, and I can't wait to talk you through it. Fire away. I am ready. <laughs> well, hold on. Before before we go any further, sure. Brendan, can, can we just say this, that, that especially because you just said how much easier it was to get credentialed, I just want to just take one more moment. Brendan, did, did you go down this year? I just, I was curious if you were able to make it down this year or not, because I know it's been a dream of yours for a while. No, I haven't. I mean, it's it's tough because I, I do a lot of traveling for work 
And the first quarter of the year is so busy for me in terms of, you know, January, I'm traveling a few times and then February. And so this, it's really tough to take even more time out from away from the family. Yeah. So I, and I, I had the same thought, Robert, cause I'm like, it is so easy to get credentialed. And I think it's a perfect, in my opinion, it's a perfect way for content creators, bloggers, writers to kind of, you know, uh, put their foot in the water and sort of see like a little bit more about what the media process is like and getting up close and personal to these players and coaches. So I am really bummed that I wasn't able to make it, but I was talking hey. to Luis Medina and hopefully we can uh, make it next year. You'll get you one is uh, prime TPS report season for Shagru. So I understand you can make it down. <laughs> Yeah, I'm traveling for TPS reports. Um, no, we we are going to get to a ton of bears, but um, I, I do have a I have a question off the cuff. Yep. Since you mentioned it, you're branding, you're wearing the branding for the Senior Bowl. We're a big Reese's podcast here, so I think it's appropriate that we start off with your Reese's power ranking, sir. What do you got? What's your favorite of, of all the candies? Are are there more than two? Like, truly oh, yeah. help me. Or are we talking like, okay, are we talking Reese's specific candies where it's yes. like the peanut butter cup versus Reese's pieces? Or like, yeah. what are the other two? What are, the what are the other break, options? The take five, like, you got the cups, you got the thins, oh, you got the right. shape of the egg, the, egg, the bunny. Christmas why trees? on earth yeah. is the mini so good? It's like, so good. Why yeah. is the mini as good as it is? Is it, is it cuz it's got a slightly different ratio of like yep. chocolate to the peanut butter goodness? It could be. I uh, I could probably eat minis until I bloated and died. So <laughs> I feel like that has to be number 1. Uh the Reese's pieces when I was younger, like that Oh my gosh, all the time. I mean every time I went to the movies. Um since then, I feel like I've cooled off on them, mostly because like it's that whole like I know how dangerous it is, so I can't get close. But Reese's, I mean, the peanut butter cup, especially come Halloween, you're like, what's two? What's one during the workday? What? Mm-hmm. And then slowly but surely, you've eaten like twelve. Uh, <laughs> so it's it is the Reese's Senior Bowl, and like I'll tell you what, it, it doesn't get much better. I tend to end up gravitating towards Hershey's Kisses because they're one of the only candies and M&M's. I like M&M's more than anybody I know. Most people are like M&M's. How boring. And I don't blame a soul. But for some reason, that's what I end up like just loving. Not to take anything away from Reese's because at the end of the day. It's a classic. Yeah, absolutely. I'm a 28-year-old that never lost his sweet tooth, which is (laughs) more of a curse than some kind of a boon. Uh, But it means that to me, like all candy is like S-tier. So I'm just working back from there to keep away from it. Is there anybody here that doesn't put their Reese's in the refrigerator? Yes. I, I yeah. actually yes. usually don't. Yeah. But yeah, you I, don't? I, no. Usually, but this time I uh, I put some in the freezer. I bought a king size yesterday mm. for, for the senior because I want Freezing it. Snickers. No. Just is put them in the awesome. fridge. I hate to be that guy that hosts a football podcast show. Can we mm. talk some football? Because we got Robert Schmidt <laughs> yes. on, and I, w- I want to hear. <laughs> no. I want to hear his stuff. I mean, you know, we're losing. <laughs> we just no, lost no, no. three. You know me at all. Three people. You know, three people. I talk I like, like, I like a all Reese's. The time in the world. <laughs> like we're fine, <laughs> but within this, like I'll I'll tell you what. Okay, you ask questions because I could go off in general. Like 
So I went down with Buckus stats for those of y'all. Quentin Crisco writes for on tap, does some great work. He watched the offensive line, defensive line, and I watched all of the videos he shot as well as tried to get access to some people that were filming it. So I know uh, quite a bit about the offensive line, defensive line, though I'm not the expert. I mostly watch corners, safeties, tight ends, and wide receivers. So those I can talk about firsthand, though I'm pretty caught up on, I don't want to say everybody, because linebacker and running backs don't ask me about it, but uh, I, I can work like within that. Like you ask me what you're interested in, and I can tell you who was showing out. The weird part about this part of the process, look, I, I hate to cast shade at certain draft analysts, so I won't mention a soul of them by name, but I'll tell you what, the more tape I watch, the more surprised I am at how we will start draft season. So like you guys, there was a day and age where I just trusted draft analysts. Why wouldn't you? Right. And they say Christian Watson's going to be a fifth rounder. Right. Even before the season, they'll tell you Christian Watson's going to be like a sixth rounder, maybe a seventh rounder. I mean, we're talking about an FCS wide receiver. Who cares? Right. Mm -hmm. And then you watch any tape, any all 22, and he jumps off the tape so fast. It didn't take him being a senior bowl star to know he was going to rocket up draft boards. It didn't take him being a monster at the combine to know he was going to rocket up draft boards. Believe it or not, I was having a conversation with Greg Gabriel where he functionally said what I'm about to say, where it's like, there are some of these guys where you watch their tape and you just know. Like, you know how they're going to test. You know how they're going to perform as soon as they're around other people. And for me, at least, there were a couple guys. You probably, if you followed my tweets at all, you saw me tweeting a lot mm -hmm. about Michael Wilson and a lot about Jaden Reed. And part of that's because they were earning it. And part of that's because I had my eye on them going into Senior Bowl. And the fact that right now they're listed at 270 and 277 on PFF's draft board, they did not go up because of the Senior Bowl. They're just good. And if anybody needed to uh, an excuse to go back and check the film, they sure got it this weekend. But it's an interesting piece of the process because you're going to see a ton of these guys that are going to rise. But I'll tell you openly, there are a lot of these guys where they came out to the Senior Bowl. They showed that they were a lot better than, in some cases, like the game that I watched. And so that doesn't make them rise. It makes me probably wrong. So I'll go back to the film on guys like Darius Rush. I'll go back to the film on guys like Caillou Blue Kelly. That's a corner out of South Carolina and a corner out of Stanford because they looked a lot better than I had them marked down for, more so than, well, they played well at the Senior Bowl. It really, really clearly improved. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like it's, Ryan, it's, one, it's one of those yeah. things where, you know, people are just kind of it's just more opportunities and people are kind of catching up on certain analysis. It's it's what I've always heard, like, you know, oh, guys are shooting up the draft board. It's like, well, not necessarily. People are just more finding out about what the skill set they've had. It, they've always had it. It's just more opportunities to dive into them. Exactly. And the main reason I say that is purely because this is exactly the kind of season where folks like me, folks like Jacob Infante, plenty of people that are going to dig more into draft tape, which is new for me, to be completely honest. We're going to sound ridiculous when we put a guy like Keon White in the first in the first round, because right now he's listed as a fourth rounder. He won't be a fourth rounder. Uh, it's similar to the way people talked about Tyree Wilson, not just a couple months ago before it became mainstream to consider him a top five pick. Um, there are a lot of these guys where they're not 
the name brand like Will Anderson, right? Plays for Alabama, had 17 sacks last year, had like 15 more this year, ultra productive, high brand name. We knew about him going into the year. He's an obvious top pick. There are some of these guys, especially at the NFL level, that like the traits are going to win out. It's great that you were a productive college player, but will you be a productive player in the NFL? And so guys like David Bell, who start in the first round, because like you guys are saying, you don't know any other names you'd put above him and uh, or go slide from the second round to the fourth round. But I just don't know if they ever really slid. They it was I think you put it in a great way, Brendan, that it's more like not that drafted analysts are putting things out having not watched these guys. But sometimes it can feel that way where it's like, maybe she hadn't gotten to him yet. <laughs> and once you did, he found a place on your board. Hey, Robert, real quick. I just want to ask you, cause you kind of yep. touched on it. it. This may come as a surprise, but bears Twitter can sometimes overreact uh, to one or two tweets, right? It's crazy. Um, but is there a player maybe that you've seen that, you know, somebody puts out a, a rep or two of a player and people are like, oh, he's terrible or, oh, he's the best thing since sliced bread. Was there a player who you think that maybe the Twitter narrative doesn't really match what you saw at the Senior Bowl? I don't know. I mean, there are a lot of guys that I think going into the Senior Bowl, absolutely nobody was talking about. I mean, Rashi Rice, for instance, was somebody that had a lot of branding behind him and I know I went to the senior bowl like this guy's got a lot of branding. He's got a lot of buzz. I have not seen it on his tape. I'm dying to know if he shows it to me at the senior bowl. Slowly but surely, I realized I probably should have gone with what my eyes told me the first time. Not because Rashi looked bad, but because he didn't look as dominant as some of the other guys. He belonged, right? He wasn't washed out. He was just not dominant. You know, but I doubt that that's what you're asking for. Or are you asking for overrated or are you asking for underrated? Because I'll tell you what. Yeah, well, I'm looking for, you know, there's I think there's a tendency for some Bears fans to look at one or two tweets of a rep or two and draw a conclusion about a player and say, you know, oh, based on this rep that we see, this guy is terrible or this guy is great. And they don't get the whole picture. And I'm just wondering if there's somebody out there that you think, hey, um, he's being unfairly cast on Twitter as maybe overrated or underrated based on a couple of reps they may have seen. But I saw the whole week and and you, what you didn't see was, mm. you know, were the drills or how he gets, you know, in and out of drills or, or um, you know, the things behind the scene that you may not see on Twitter. Well, um, I feel like the most popular example here is going to be John Michael Schmitz, not mm. because I think that he's bad. Right. But partially because there's a lot of people that don't look one on one offensive line drills are really weird. I mean, they favor the defensive line in a heavy way because you're talking about a center one on one and a center is not normally one on one. Right. Oftentimes it's the guard or at least the center can skew the rusher towards the guard so that they take him on together Uh, in a center one on one drill. You're talking about a defensive lineman rocketing off and basically playing like pseudo football. Right. Almost all one on ones are pseudo football. And while I think JMS is really, really good, let me get that on record. There are some people that are starting to push him into the first round. And I'm like, centers don't really go in the first round. Like, maybe, but there's a lot of really good positional players. Like, I mean, the the main thing I'm seeing right now, uh, Shells, is that at least what I'm seeing is 
that uh, there are a lot of these defensive linemen that are getting miscast as second and third rounders. And I just don't think Keanu Benton, I don't think Keon White, I don't think Zach Pickens, I don't think plenty of the defensive linemen that we saw this weekend, not all of them, but plenty of them, are going as low as meets the eye. Though I'll tell you what, this offensive line class looks really sweet. Cody Mock is an interesting one because I think people are starting to get obsessed with him, but it's worth remembering that we're talking right now about a guy who played tackle, is moving to guard, and can potentially play some center. I love the versatility, absolutely, but how high are you taking a guard, right? I I still wear my nerd hat no matter how much film I, I watch, and at the end of the day, you got to balance what are you trying to get out of these picks because a brand name like Cody Mock is super interesting. I mean, oh, extraordinary lower body power could talk for an awfully long time, but there's plenty of guards that can make an impact. There's plenty of these guys that I feel like at the Senior Bowl stepped up, like Matthew Bergeron from, I think he's Syracuse. Uh, we saw the BYU kid, uh, Freeman. I can't remember his name. I'll have to look it up. The BYU tackle. Basically, there's all Wanya Morris from Oklahoma. There were a mm-hmm. lot of not brand name, but very good players that I feel like show that they could play at an NFL level and show that they could play well. Offensive line on both sides of the ball looks really, really good this weekend. And I think that spells well for the defensive linemen that were able to make an impact against them. But I also think that, like you're saying, Pete, I mean, the main thing I'm seeing is that let's take JMS as an example. I don't know if there's a particular player that I could tell you is getting too much shine, but I can tell you without a doubt that if somebody tweets out a rep and says, oh man, JMS dominated this guy and it's a one-on-one, there were hit and miss moments where it, it was a losing rep and it got tweeted out and I like JMS. So I can't like, I'm not going to tank on the guy for one rep that gets tweeted out on Twitter. But to your point, even the way that we phrase these things, like if I, if I tweeted out something that said, man, Kindle Vildor just dominated here, there are going to be some people that are going to be like, oh, is Kindle Vildor good? And it's still one rep of football. You need like right. 100 to make any judgment. <laughs> right. So, Robert, we are obviously a Bears podcast. You're a Bears guy. And mm-hmm. so I think, you know, pretty much everyone tuning in right now really wants to know what are the guys that you saw that really stood out to you as prime targets for the Chicago Bears? So I hate to sound, um, I don't know, min maxi because everybody on or everybody on Twitter right now wants to talk about how the Bears have needs at every single position and they do i mean they definitely do right but they also have some impending log jams at certain positions i'd like to talk through before we go through who i was seeing because the big one is receiver i mean i i really again stanford's michael wilson we're talking mm-hmm. a 6-1 215 pound guy that can wiggle like he's 5-9 i mean it's just mm-hmm. hard to find got some serious injury for our problems on his registrar but he also had four catches for 76 yards in the actual senior bowl game and he went from okay day one to really good day two to dominant on day three throughout the senior bowl which to me who knows who knows what that'll mean for his stock i just like him okay and then Jaden reed looks like a carbon copy of anthony miller all these are good the only problem is guys the bears right now have like a hole at wide receiver one they've got darnell mooney at wide receiver two chase claypool at wide receiver three a fourth receiver they will likely sign in free agency look you want my opinion i think it's alan lazard for better or for worse because he's got positional versatility basically look he's the guy who's gonna bore you you're gonna be like oh you gotta be kidding me but he can play all three spots 
Z, X, and uh, Flanker without really any issues. So if Claypool shows up to camp, I don't know, fat or something like that, you're not out an X receiver. You're not putting Justin Fields behind a wide receiver core you can't trust. So boring, but it, that's the pitch. It could be, uh, it, it could easily be Jacoby Myers. It could be DJ Chark. It doesn't really matter. A fourth receiver. Valus Jones just had a third round pick spent on him. He's not getting cut. And then you've got ESB taking up the sixth slot. So there's like one spot on the roster for a wide receiver. And to me, that means if he's not picked in pick or in the top 40, I don't think he's getting picked at 70. Does that make sense? Like, I, I don't expect that some of these th- third round receivers specifically are are going to be the target because I don't know how much they really raise the ceiling. And frankly, since they're rookies, it'll take a while before they even hit their floor. Right. We can talk all we want to about George Pickens, but almost literally all of his catches were shared on Twitter. And that's not a bad thing. It just takes a little while for almost any rookie to catch up to NFL speed. No surprise. Darnell Mooney went from 500 yards to a thousand. So which positions do the Bears not have log jams at? It's offensive line and defensive line. You know that joke Bears Twitter makes every year? Just draft offensive line. Every every pick. (laughs) Almost reasonable. This year, like the the question, the real question, Ryan, in my opinion, is what are the Bears going to do at the top of the draft? How are they going to play their cards? That uh, tweet that got shared recently about the Carolina deal. What is interesting to me about that, because I think everybody unilaterally agrees it's an underpay. But the other thing we got to start talking about is that if Carolina wanted to come up to number nine and they wanted to match historical trends of paying about 20% more than what the Jimmy Johnson chart provides, Ryan, they would have to pay their 2023 first, their 2023 second, their 2023 third, their 2024 first, their 2024 third, their 2025 first, and probably a 2025 second. And if you made that deal, you are committing franchise suicide, no matter if you're drafting Patrick Mahomes or not like where the bears sit is a precarious position in that number one is almost too expensive for its own good it's why I know I'm zeroing in on Houston and Indianapolis but it does mean that this fabled nerdy double trade back I mean there's more talk of it at the senior bowl than you'd realize and that's not like Robert being a fly on the wall eavesdropping it's not like I heard anything important they literally split the field and like we're on one side of the stadium and everybody that matters is on the other side but it isn't as unreasonable as it sounds because number four is in striking range for a team like Carolina. Number one is not. Number one is in striking range for a team like Indianapolis. But as soon as you trade with number two, what's the motivation? Like potentially falling down that far could actually happen. And if they did, I think the Bears are going to go. I think the Bears could easily load up on getting their second edge rusher or their first, depending on what they do in free agency, getting like a three tech if they haven't already, getting a one t- or like a nose tackle if they haven't already, they can play. Keanu Benton is not Deron Payne, but he is a two gap run stuffing Wisconsin defensive lineman. I know we're Big Ten people here, probably. Uh, so maybe you've seen him. Uh, and he could rush past her a little bit. Uh, there, let me see. Keon White is a 290 pound edge rusher that runs like he's 265. Isaiah Foskey is a Notre Dame edge rusher that I think fits in this scheme as a defensive end uh obviously you've got like john michael schmitz but Jarrett patterson's another safety to watch i think that there were some solid guards matthew bergeron is a tackle with inside outside flexibility wanya morris can move out of oklahoma could get him in like the third round 
I think everybody wants to hear me say Dewan Jones's name. And Dewan, the, the big question for me with Dewan Jones is how is his body going to hold up in three to four years? Because he's carting 370 pounds around and it's mm. it's cool right now. But when you look at guys across sports that are almost too big for their own good, Yao Ming isn't going to make it to a third contract. Um <laughs> Trent Brown is an NFL example that he got through one a little bit of a second contract and his body started to break down. Now he's dealing with stretch fractures in his feet because guess what? It's hard to hold up that kind of weight under that kind of pressure. Another question with guys like Skaronsky, I know he wasn't at the senior bowl, but when people talk about arm length and I know bears fans really wanted to make the argument that arm length doesn't matter with guards or tackles. It is worth remembering that in, when you get outreached, envision this from a physics perspective, when you're getting outreached, who hits who first? The other guy. That's implied, right? So if you get hit first, that means that it's going to put strain on your back, right? And what injury did Tevin Jenkins immediately deal with in the NFL after fi- or we heard about his short arms? A back injury. So... I, I don't know that there's a connection there. It's not like I've done a 40-page study or something like that. But it does seem to me that there could be a connection between arm length. But it's basically just reach. And whether or not you deal with the, the infamous back problem that can ruin an offensive lineman's career. The bright side for the Bears right now is that every single position on the offensive line, and yes, that includes Braxton Jones, and yes, that includes Devin Jenkins, is available to upgrade. And if the Bears did trade down twice, just added a ton of picks, and I mean, they stocked the cupboard with offensive and defensive line, it might sound hokey, but I like to think I'm a what uh, a metered person, and it makes sense to me, where you could add up to two defensive linemen and up to two offensive linemen in your first six picks after trading down quite a bit. Then you look at corner, then you look at receiver, then you look at whatever you could, maybe maybe even a running back. Uh, j- just saying, mm-hmm. like the, all the Tony Pollard interest, <laughs> all the Saquon Barkley interest, all that has to go somewhere. The Packers, same system, drafted AJ jo- or AJ Dillon in the second round after paying Aaron Jones, mm-hmm. uh, who was a UDFA. This is a system that loves their running backs, and if a Jameer Gibbs, if a Roshan Johnson, if a like, or certainly if a Bijan Robinson, but that just won't happen, falls into reach after a bunch of trade downs. Envision it this way. If the Bears drafted a running back with their second round pick and they only had one, that would be horrible. If the Bears drafted a running back in the second round pick, but it's their fourth pick of the draft and they got two more in the t- or in the top 70, it doesn't hurt near as bad. And if anything, you could even argue, Ryan, that it is the quickest way to add a potential top five playmaker to the offense for Justin Fields because adding a receiver, hard. But adding a pass catching running back that can slash and basically do all the things Herbert can do but more – that's not as hard as it seems when it comes to the draft, but I've talked for long enough. What are you guys thinking? <laughs> Robert, I, I do want to ask uh, Luke Getze. Same thing on Twitter. We've seen the back and forth that uh, because he coached the, you know, we, it proved he can't be an offensive coordinator or he's getting head coaching experience. I, I've seen all sorts of crazy things on there. What was your takeaway from watching Luke Getze coach that team? They ran the better practice day one. That's for sure. Uh, the first, the first practice on the, uh, run by, I cannot remember his name. The, the defensive coordinator for the Ravens or Raiders was so poor in the first uh, practice that the second practice and the third practice had a PA announcer declaring what station they were going to. And part of me wonders just reading the tea leaves, whether that's because somebody at the NFL said, bud, you cannot do it this way. 
and stepped in because when you run a bad practice from an eval perspective, the scouts can't get a clean look at whatever they're trying to look at. And especially if it's disorganized, I mean, Luke Getzey was giving his guys all the reps in the world. And I, I see Jordan Silvera in the comment section. First of all, Jordan, hope you're doing all right. Second of all, uh, he, he mentions Patrick Graham is awesome. He is awesome. It's just a question of whether he's a good defensive coordinator or a good head coach in terms of running a practice. I thought that the American team had the better talent going into the weekend and coming out of it. I thought they had the better defensive or offensive line talent, but the national team had some dogs. I mean, especially at wide receiver, as we saw, they had a much better day passing the ball. If you couldn't tell the Nash or the American team's quarterback play was really poor quarterback play across the senior bowl as a whole was super hit and miss, but I don't know. If I could be honest with you, Ryan, I, it was hard to get a read on just like how much Luke Getzey was doing. And especially when we're talking about a collegiate all-star game. I mean, we watched one football game. The national team was juiced up and ready to play. Absolutely. Uh, it's hard to tell whether that's because of personalities like Cody Mock and Jaden Reed just lighting up a room as opposed to on the other side. A lot of guys that were really concerned with themselves because to use an example, uh, Tyreek Stevenson, really good corner for the University of Miami. He had such a good first two days that he took his pads off and didn't play in day three because he got enough buzz out of it that he got what he wanted. Julius Brents, same way. High-profile corner for Kansas State. Had a sweet rep at the start of day three. Didn't participate in one-on-ones or any drills after that. It makes me wonder whether the American team, or just calling it as I see it, was full of guys making a few more business decisions than mm. the national team who was there to play ball. And you could see it either way. I mean, when we're talking about guys that are that stand to gain or lose upwards of 10, 12 millions of dollars, depending on what they do over the life of their contract, I it's the only time in football where I will completely entertain quitting. Because if you're, say, a guy like Jackson Smith Jigba or Jalen Carter or whatever other player you want to think of, and you're talking about millions and millions of dollars, yeah, I get it. It's a decision for you and your family, right? Yeah, I like millions of dollars too. I don't blame him on that. But Robert, kind of, I think with the this week, it's easy to forget, or at least my dumb brain forgets that there is a game at the end of the week. Mm-hmm. So, was there anything after watching practice the whole week? Was there anything about the game or that happened during the game that surprised you? I thought the quarterbacks definitely looked better in practice for the American team than they did in the mm-hmm. game, but. At the same time, I wasn't really surprised when everything came together that the receivers for the American team were struggling to separate a little bit more than the national teams were. Whether it was corner quality or not, at first it seemed like corner quality because Jalen Reed and Michael Wilson were putting these guys on skates, right? They, uh, It felt as if the American team was getting more battle out of their corners and their wide receivers. But looking back, I'm just not sure that the wide receivers really did much to distinguish themselves. And we're talking about, okay, so envision Bradley that you're a quarterback at the senior bowl. You have three days to establish some chemistry with wide receivers. You've probably never played with, and you're running vanilla plays against defenses that are quite literally prescribed. I mean, if memory serves, they're only allowed to call like standard cover three, standard cover one and i think one to two other defenses this is not the time for a defensive expose because it doesn't help you scout but within that i still thought that uh the quarterback play for the american team could have should have would have been better because it was in practice but 
I don't know. I don't have any idea who to hang that on, right? Because I expected to get a little bit more of that competitive grit out of Max Duggan. And then the Shepherd kid came in, or, or was it? Yeah, it was Shepherd, I think. And he was just slinging the rock, almost threw a couple of picks uh, at the end of the day. But National just played clean ball all the way down the field marched their receivers that i knew were good like Payne durham uh i would say on the national team as far as skill positions go Payne durham number 87 um that or like Jaden reed and michael wilson had really separated themselves and michael wilson opened the game up with a seam route Payne durham had back-to-back catches that put him on the one yard line and scored a two-point conversion Jaden reed had a long one called or he had a long play called back and then a touchdown called back and then michael wilson picked up a long touchdown later in the game i mean when you got the dudes you win football games and it sure seems as if the national team had the dudes Hey, Robert, um, I want to jump back to free agency. We touched on it briefly yep. a little while ago. You talked about maybe a couple wide receiver targets that, that you got your eye on. But who for you is on your short list for free agency for the Bears this year and why? Well, uh, the the short list is everybody. I mean, the it, it that sounds so silly, but because it, it's case by case basis, I can tell you easier who's not on my list than the guys that are because guys like Yannick and Gakaway, popular, but we're talking about okay, we're talking if you can envision an offensive line. Uh, for those who don't know, when people talk about techs, they're talking about how far away from the center they are. Right. So a one tech is one half man with it. He basically lines up right on side. So when people say wide nine, <laughs> those are the guys who are way, way, way off to the side. And Yannick Ngakwe is a wide nine specialist. Plays at like 260 ish based on what you see on tape, uh, j- just because I'm guessing. But while he worked within the Colts structure, you kind of have to make a role for him. And if he's not producing on passing downs, he's getting obliterated on rundowns. And I tend to think that Eberflus wants his defensive ends to be exactly the opposite, which isn't a bad thing. I mean, there's a schematic conversation to be had, but I won't bore you with the gritty, the gritty details. The main thing I'm thinking about, Patrick, is uh, it is Patrick, right? Yep. Yep, perfect. It's, I see it as pea shells all the time. I wanted to make sure. <laughs> I've been I've been called a lot worse, so Patrick works. <laughs> but so uh, when I look at the Bears in free agency, the main thing I'm thinking about is they want guys that are going to raise their floor, but they also have, I think last I checked, it was like $118 million minimum to spend in first year cash or else they get penalized by the NFLPA and have to pay the difference to the PA anyways. So that means that you'd rather spend your money on football players than spending that money on penalty, and the Bears are going to throw their weight around. To me, that means guys like uh, riskier picks, like his name is the, the Saints edge rusher, Marcus Davenport, mm-hmm. uh, who a lot of Bears fans would look at and groan because f- uh, there's this misnomer. Let's start here that in free agency, you can go get a superstar. Plenty of people heard me talk about Lazard the other day and said, I don't want Lazard. I want a playmaker. And I'm like, which one? I mean, like, Mm -hmm. are we talking about Jacoby Myers? Who's like a good or a decent two, maybe who's exclusive to the slot. And if he's not in the slot, you're wasting him. Like, are we talking about DJ Chark? Who's an ex receiver with injury history that isn't powerful enough to dominate. Like some people want him to again, a good two. Right. Uh, Free agency is tough that way. I feel like it's better served to find the guys who are going to raise your floor and then spend it on the trenches. I mean, try to think truly you can, but you can think of way more skill position free agent contracts that completely bust than Mm -hmm. interior defensive 
or offensive line yeah. contracts that, again, completely bust. Because to use an example, either Deron Payne is the guy that we would like him to be, or he's a two-gap run stuffer that's paid too much. But the Bears have the money to where that's still a huge upgrade over starting Mike Pinnell or, <laughs> Ar- or Armand Watts, who can barely hold up one gap in plenty of cases. I tend to think that Sure, the Bears will spend some money at skills. I don't know what they'll do at corner. I really don't because right now it's not that, look, you're not limited to only five defensive backs. It's not that simple. But they have Eddie Jackson, who looked great last year. They have uh, Jaquan Brisker, who they just spent a second-round pick on. Like it's, it's as much resources about it as anything else, right? And I can't help but think the more I watched this, this senior bowl, corner is a sneaky pick. And a lot of Bears fans would just about light themselves on fire if Matty Refluse <laughs> went defense, defense, Dangle. defense. Don't tell that to Dangle. Dangle. Yeah, Dangle. I was going to say, somebody in the spot might do yeah. the same. That would be me. I would be that guy. I would absolutely be that guy. But I don't know if they're going to extend Jalen Johnson, Dangle. Like, that that's the big question. And if they don't want to extend him, you might take a guy in the second or third to play cover two corner. Again, if, I'm assuming if, this is a it, sea of picks. If, if it's if it's not like the first three picks, then I'm totally fine with it. I understand taking a corner in an early spot, especially because it's such an important position, mm-hmm. especially for this defense. I, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have issue with that. But if they're not taking any offensive players in the first like three rounds, yeah, I'm gonna riot. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna riot. And and I think that it, it, this could be almost anybody. Like I think there are a lot of corners that are going to end up with round two grades. Uh, somebody mentioned it in the comments, but like Darius Rush, it, I don't think he's going to be a late swing. I think by the time Rush ends up in the draft, he's going to be a day two guy, very cleanly, much like uh, much like Wo- JT Woods was last year. Jalen Petrie rocketed up draft boards. I mean, this kid was a kid that could play, and especially with the reps he got, he looked really good. Long six two corner when you've got length, size, foot work fluidity and seems like coachability you're gonna get drafted and Darius Rush really looked the part uh Caillou Blue Kelly is another interesting name these guys are like third rounders probably so maybe not second rounders just because there's too many good names but third rounders can still play in plenty of cases I I think the big name I'm looking at is a center named Ethan Pochich uh, he is a former second round pick out of LSU played. I cannot remember where, but he, then he played at the Browns last year and he looked as good as he's ever looked. I mean, he's a long, big center brings veteran presence to your offensive line. He's really the only veteran center I'm interested in, but if you could jumpstart your line with a guy that's played the position before, I tend to think that that helps more when identifying, uh, like protections, etc., than throwing a rookie in there that, you know, can block. But you're dealing with a third-year quarterback in his second year in an offense with a rookie uh, under center that if he gets overwhelmed and things go south, yikes. Um, But that's not to say that the Bears can't draft a center. I just tend to think that a guy – I know I just talked about brand names. A guy like Mock who could slide at center if you needed him to but is likely going to be more of a – like a guard that could pull like – crazy you guys saw how often the bears pulled their guards this last year frankly pulled all of their linemen i tend to think they're going to look for athletes in an attempt to create an explosive run game so i think a veteran center i think a wide receiver like lazard that can bring your floor up makes a lot of sense again lazard specifically is not me picking the guy who wore a uh he still owns you t-shirt i get it a lot of hurt feelings there but it is a it is a receiver that won't be that expensive i mean we're talking 11 million dollars remember the highest paid receivers get paid like 30 now 
if we trade for T Higgins, we're paying him 30. I hate to tell everybody, but uh, like within that, you get a relatively cheap receiver. That's going to bring your floor up. And I think that, I mean, a lot of the hot names we know, but like Sheldon Rankins, it could be a decent three tech if you need him to be. I think Draymond Jones is awesome. I'm curious as to how he'd play as a three tech because he's not the run stuffer that you expect most three techs to be, but he's a little heavy to play defensive end, though I'm intrigued at the concept of if they'd signed him to play defensive end. Certainly doesn't bother me. More of a three, four guy naturally, but I I love the player, so I'd find where he fits. Mm-hmm. Um Dalvin Tomlinson, the current Viking, former Giant, is another name that is worth remembering. You got to remember that if they don't get a run stuffer like Deron Payne, they're going to want one at one T so that they can start to create the pressure that they want to not against the pass, but you got to remember nothing creates a little bit of uncertainty under center quite like second and nine, right? Quite like second and eight second and 10 uh when you can stop that early down rush it puts the offense in a crunch and the bears weren't really able to do that until they started sending eight guys into the box consistently and that's not really how i think they want to play mm-hmm. i think that there are some really interesting corners out there in free agency i've seen the list of names like jamal dean is one that keeps popping up i don't know how he'd be in a cover two scheme but he can handle all the cover one and cover three stuff easily i mean he's been a beast in todd Bowles' system but i really don't know how i feel about paying a corner huge money given that there are some sweet corners in this draft and i don't want a bazillion dbs just yet but the main thing that i'm thinking about when it comes to free agency is that it is impossible to put a mock together right now like a mock draft because they're going to spend so much in free agency i mean like minimum five big names like eight figure signings maximum of like seven if they didn't get some of the huge fish because they've just got the money i mean it has to be similar to the jags last year because that we're doing that just to hit the minimums let alone the fact that we've got a quarterback on the third year of his contract this is the spending window if you believe in justin fields and guess what unfortunately like in the world where we have to talk about um, maybe Justin Fields isn't the guy, which I think we all know. I like him. We probably all like him. But if he isn't the guy, then at least you've added a ton of talent to the roster so that whoever the next guy is comes into a better situation on, on the whole. It just makes it too much sense to spend plenty of money this season. And as soon as what March 21st passes because I think the new league year is March 18th. Usually we'll have a much better idea of what we're mock drafting for because until then we just, we just have no idea. Yep. And that's, that's what I've said all the time. I mean, mock drafts before like the middle of March are so useless because so much can happen. And especially this year with the bears knowing how much free agency room they have. And I think we all agree with you that it's going to be an overpay no matter what. That's Mm -hmm. what free agency is. It's filling the gaps. You're usually not going to get like the best of the best players available because there's a reason they're hitting free agency. But uh, I do like the idea of like literally everybody's available and the bears just have to go on a spending spree. So we have a, we have a couple more questions before we get you out of here. And we just talked a lot about free agency, what the bears could do. I want to hear from you a, your boldest, bold prediction for free agency. It could be anything, could be something we haven't talked about, something that, you know, you can maybe just get bold with it. What do you think the Bears could like swing for the fences for this offseason? Well, I don't think they're leaving free agency without a tackle. Uh, the, the, the bold free agent. Okay, so my bold free agent opinion, because I don't know if there's anything bold within this free agency, right? <laughs> like, I mean, you could, you really can 
do the thing that fans used to do every single offseason and be like, if we did this and this, we could sign boom, 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 boom. And they tend to assemble an all-star team from five years ago, right? Like if the Bears could trade for A.J. Green, there would be fans freaking out that the Bears got a clear, dominant number one receiver <laughs> because they've heard his name before and he was good once. Uh, it sounds like it's that's something I'm reading on Facebook right now, on Bears Facebook, <laughs> right it's, now. I, be, I believe you. Like, it, I don't even know if you're joking because that's really what happens. I mean, people love assembling the 2018 all-star team in 2023 <laughs> because they, they, they can like those guys it's the mac thing right like max not come oh back not only is he not really a fit oh, to the man. system but he's not the player that he was <laughs> um but there are plenty of people that are like you're adding the apex predator and you can do it for like eight million dollars and it's like yeah i mean robert quinn like bears franchise sack leader didn't play for philly and it's not because philly doesn't want the guy who's the sack leader, it's because he's not the same guy this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, he never is. He's a weird guy because he's every other year. Yeah, But exactly. that's a separate story. <laughs> uh, with To me, I think that the hottest thing that I could give you is that I don't think either Braxton or Tevin is safe, especially Tevin. I mean, we got to remember that we're talking about a guy with back injuries and just had a major neck injury. If the Bears get the opportunity, whether it's in the draft or in free agency, to upgrade at guard, and tackle. Let me give you an example, right? Let's say that the Bears think they could get Tyree Wilson, the edge or the edge rusher at number nine. They trade down twice, um, and then he doesn't fall, right? He goes at I don't know seven, maybe he goes at three, and all they're left with is a choice between Miles Murphy, who I don't think is that great. Um, maybe they could get like a Lucas Van Ness. That's not a bad idea, but Paris Johnson sitting on the board. Like, how are you going to pass on Paris Johnson? So they don't. Uh, They take Paris Johnson. And they had just signed Caleb McGarry. Or pick your favorite tackle. It doesn't really matter, right? If they did, then they would probably bench Braxton. And they probably wouldn't have that big of a problem with it right mm-hmm. there is a, there to me i think that there is a lot of loyalty that us fans give to anybody that's worn the jersey before and and produced the stats right you played 17 games for the chicago bears you weren't awful and you were a fifth round pick that's value we love value but i'll tell you what if there's one bad habit that a lot of us fans have i do it too nobody loves cap space more than the team that is losing a lot and then <laughs> then when it's time to win Surprise, a lot of those teams are in cap hell, but for as many years as I've heard Green Bay is in cap hell, they have won a lot more football games than we do, and I could care less about playoff underperformances. Every time we win, I have a good Sunday, right? And like every time we win and we have a good Sunday, I have a good Monday. I have a good Tuesday. I have a good Wednesday. Like it's crazy. I love winning. Uh and so I mean, it's not that I'm saying that they're going to bench Braxton. Let's be clear. It's more to say that I don't think anybody is safe. I mean, this is a complete retooling of the roster, and Mm -hmm. you have to take the best player available. And if the best player available is tackle, they may take a tackle, even if they already had one. Wouldn't we love to ultimately end up being the Eagles who have so much talent oozing out of the offensive line that anybody could be successful back there? And then they put a sweet quarterback like uh, Jalen Hurts. It's not that I don't think that Braxton isn't a success story that they're proud of and hasn't earned a chance to easily compete and barring any moves, have a placeholder spot at left tackle. That's absolutely true, but they can't control the board. And when they try to control the board, they end up drafting a corner. Okay. I have this conspiracy theory 
right? That the Bears thought for sure Christian Watson was going to fall to 39. And then they thought for sure that Alec Pierce was going to fall to 71. I have nothing to prove this, right? (laughs) But they ended up taking a defensive player, a defensive player, and what they thought was the best wide receiver they could get and got dunked on like crazy because they waited too long, right? I don't think that they're going to make the same mistake. I think that they are going to take the best position player on their board at whatever position that is, assuming that it meets value. Tackles an awfully valuable position. There are some sweet ones in this mm-hmm. draft. And so we'll see what happens because I like Braxton Jones. I really do. But the hottest free agency takes you asked for hottest is that they're going to sign a tackle. And if a draft player fa- or a draftable player that plays tackle falls to them, they may not just move the guy to guard because Braxton Jones already earned the spot. He's a fifth rounder. Generally speaking, teams treat day three guys like day three guys. And the only guys that really get protection are people that have either won an all pro, which hey, I guess he was an all rookie team member. So he's got a little bit of protection there, right? Or guys that they've already paid. And so we'll see what happens. I think Mooney gets extended. I doubt Claypool gets extended. I do think Demo's not coming back, but is that hot? Like, is that hot on this podcast? I don't think so. Yeah. No. <laughs> Guy was hugging everybody goodbye in week 17. Yeah. Like he and Lazard both seem to have a decent idea that they are not coming back to where they are. And that's okay. Oh, Lazard already came out and said, I'm not back. Like yep. he, he just point blank said it. So that's clearly, you know, I, had, I, think- I had good four good years. so robert you kind of told us a little bit of how you see the draft maybe playing out or at least the the potential things that could happen give us at least one bold prediction for maybe not even how the bears will draft but just how you see you know someone trading up that maybe we're not expecting or someone being taken a lot earlier than maybe we're expecting something bold about the draft in and of itself you guys are really pushing me on bold stuff aren't you all right (laughs) you know robert you're crushing it you're doing a great job no i know i know i know it's just like like normally I try to think of myself as somebody metered. And so coming up with bold stuff, I have That's something. That's why though. it's fun. I have something though. So I was sitting here thinking about it. Uh, Cause we had, we drove like me and Quentin drove to mobile from Dallas. So it's a nine hour drive. You got a lot of time to think. And what dawned on me is that everybody keeps talking like Anthony Richardson is the raw prospect that will fall because Lamar fell, because Justin Fields fell, because all kinds of these teams fell. Jordan, you're taking the words out of my mouth, and I hate you for it. Uh, Not really. (laughs) But so I have this vision where Jalen Hurts just made the Super Bowl, right? Let alone if he wins it. What is Jalen Hurts? Well, he's a guy that's had under 300 yards combined in his last two playoff games, and the team has won anyways. Don't hear that as a dunk. It is what it is. Bears fans have endured this all year, so Eagles fans can take it for a hot week or two. But the Eagles are fine, partially because when you've got a mobile quarterback, you take a guy out in the run fit, and you're playing like ten on or 11 on 10 in many cases, or at least 10 on 10 when defenses are used to playing 10 on nine, right? So a part of me thinks that there's somebody out there that's going to look at Anthony Richardson. They're going to see this absolute beast of an athlete. They're going to see a cannon of an arm. They're going to see a guy who can process one read, not necessarily too much more, and doesn't have a ton of pro style experience. And they're going to think, what if we just ran the Tennessee offense, but we added a quarterback or like a quarterback run element to it. So like Lamar plus a ton of play action. And they just tried to run over the NFL. Justin Fields and the Bears ran their way to almost 30 points a game 
for like six weeks. And it ultimately failed because teams realized that their interior offensive line couldn't block worth a damn. And uh, that they like you could just sit on the fact that the Bears were going to try to get outside on you and eventually pick up a TFL on those pitches, which I like the pitches but they can't be the lifeblood of your offense. Then again, the bears kind of put themselves in a spot where like there was no really real right answer because they were out talented all the time. But my draft hot take is that come April, we are either going to be talking about four potential top five quarterbacks. Not that they'll all be taken in the top five, but that we think any of these four guys could be, or Levis will fall out and Anthony Richardson will replace him because it's, it's not that I think, Anthony Richardson is the best. It's that I think all of these guys have a red flag and Anthony Richardson's red flags are no less like Anthony Richardson's red flags are no less dangerous. They're more common in 2017. This never would have been a thing, but we're talking about a league reacting to a dual threat quarterback competing against Mahomes in the Super Bowl and making everything look really easy. I mean, yes, the Eagles are the best team, but let me use an example. Why wouldn't Seattle be able to just smoke a bunch of people with the exact same core that they already have uh, a deep threat like DJ Chark and a quarterback that can run like crazy next to Kenneth Walker in that offensive line. It's doable. And so within that, it gets even more interesting when you talking a team potentially targeting Anthony Richardson at number four. So if the bears or like fell back to number four, and let's say Bryce Young and CJ Stroud went one and two, then you could have somebody trade up for number four and everybody goes Levis and it's Richardson. And I just wouldn't be stunned because all the Levis hate is, I mean, medium earned. Like it's not like I hate Levis. It's more that when you're talking about a guy that is potentially seeing ghosts out there, um, it is, it is a scary thing to draft and I would be scared to draft him because while he's got some tools, right? Are you already drafting broken Sam Darnold? Like you can't do that with a top five pick with Anthony Richardson. You're thinking, why couldn't this guy put the exact think about it? Okay. Let's put it this way. We talk about how rookie quarterbacks suck all the time. I did, uh, a rookie quarterback can still run the ball. Right, A rookie quarterback can make one read and run. And Anthony Richardson honestly has almost every bit of athletic ability as Justin Fields. A little bit less wiggle, a little bit more power. Right, And Anthony Richardson, okay, so I love Justin Fields, but I think we're all going to agree. Justin Fields is a super scrambler that can do really well in option run game. But when you call a deliberate run for Justin Fields, it's not really how he plays. Anthony Richardson is a battering ram. That if you gave him runs like quarterback power, like QB bash, honestly, like basic, go take that guy on in the hole, he will lower his shoulder and blow somebody up. And I can't help but think that there's somebody out there that thinks this kid, I may not get a second contract, but I think I could win a Super Bowl in five years. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And that's really that's a really exciting for a team that has, we all think, their quarterback. And now you start a bidding war, assuming that you can actually trade down. I love that. You know, then it that uh the report that comes out about, and we talked about it, possibly trading down twice seems a little bit more realistic if something like that were to happen. So uh and Robert, this it. has been awesome, man. Thank you so much for giving us time. Where else uh can people find you? 
Uh, you can find me on Sex City Gridiron. You can find me on Windy City Gridiron. We're going to be building a draft board over there. We're really excited. It's a uh, We're going to start the process up this week where we'll get a couple of our scouts talking through receivers. Basically, we're going to take the next couple weeks. We're going to go ten, groups of 10 players at different positions. We're going to grade them. We're going to put them on the board. So slowly but surely, we're going to assemble our draft board, and then we're going to tweak it in the same way. Think about it this way. If you think I'm crazy about Anthony Richardson, remember that the combine where he'll test like crazy and pro days where he'll look great haven't happened yet and a lot of people didn't pick up on the idea that trey lance was going to be number three until he had his pro day so all that athleticism that'll shine in shorts so the media or like teams may already be thinking about it who knows but the media i think will start to catch on around that time when you see him do that same silly thing that Zach Wilson did where he rolls to his left and launches what a 65 yard bomb downfield and somebody catches it down there and everybody will go mm-hmm. whoa <laughs> and that's what, what we want do, buddy. <laughs> that's what we want <laughs> just keep raising that value no for sure that sounds that sounds awesome and i know we're really excited for it uh robert thank you again man get some rest i'm sure i'm sure you want to recuperate and uh we appreciate you taking time with us happy to thank you man that was great thanks robert take care uh wow phenomenal phenomenal freaking guest um i just i I hate it when i'm looking and i'm like oh i follow robert and i looked and i'm like i don't actually follow (laughs) robert and i don't know how that's possible (laughs) that i'm not following him so now robert i i hope uh you can see it in your heart to forgive me that i wasn't following you and now i am so that we're good to go so yeah sorry about that i need Uh, a towel that was a (laughs) that was that was great you know i didn't disagree with one thing he said yeah no, he, he he knows his stuff. It is just so blatantly obvious that he knows his stuff inside and out. Clearly, well prepared. I mean, the detail by which he knows every one of these players that he's watching just is incredibly impressive. Which is why, obviously, we're stoked to have him on as a guest. So, yeah, I'm I'm very very thankful to have him. Boys, anything else that you want to talk about about Robert before I get to? I've only got a couple true false for us this evening. Uh, I'm just going to echo what he said about Michael Wilson. I was really impressed with him. I saw some clips that came out from practice and then actually saw him in the game. So when actually seeing, you know, the game from start to finish, or at least mostly just seeing his cuts. And I know they said he struggled with drops, but he seemed to have sure hands. Um, I got really excited about him. I was hoping to see a little bit more Jaden Reed, especially after the uh, the hype that came out this week. And then um, shells, I'm glad you asked it about like the player that sort of, maybe stood out in like one-on-ones or like had a lot of reaction because Dewan Jones was that guy for the first day. Everybody was going nuts over the measurables. And so it's interesting to hear him say that he's got concerns about his size. Um, That could be an injury risk. So um, no, it was, it was really good. It was, it was fun to like kind of kick off that draft process with everything going on this week. Yeah, it's always interesting. We get fired up over snapshots. We see like a play or two or like a, a drill and we we fall in love with a player or we write off a player. And it was just great to have perspective of somebody who was there all week and could see literally every rep that that player took and say, well, look at, let's put it into context about the whole week. And, and here's how we did, you know, either for better or for worse. Boys, I think this first true-false is going to be really, really ridiculously easy, but we're still going to go with it. So true or false, the Bears will spend heavily in free agency uh, this upcoming season. So for this one, let's go Patrick Sheldon, Logan Bradley, Brendan Chagru, and I will finish it up. 
Yeah, I'll admit, I, I wasn't tracking like what that minimum was. I knew there was a minimum amount they had to spend. I w- wasn't tracking it was as high as it was until Robert just mentioned it. So, yeah, they're going to spend like heavily, heavily this year in free agency. I'll say true, but I, I've been burned on this one in the past, not by the Chicago Bears, but the Chicago White Sox. As the general manager, Rick Hahn, famously said, the money will be spent, and it pretty much wasn't spent whatsoever. <laughs> so uh, maybe if we're talking about the Bears, it'll be spent, but I guess this is just me taking a shot at the White Sox. <laughs> oh, Logan, that's not true. They built a goose out in the outfield. That That's Brendan, a very nice I, Let me be self-deprecating without... <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's obviously true. I mean, first off, NFL has a salary cap. Baseball doesn't. But I, I'm just picturing – I remember in 2017 the Bears had a lot of cap space. And, yeah, the 2017 free agency sucked. But the amount of players and contracts that they handed out was ridiculous. So I'm fully expecting just a free agent frenzy. And it, it stinks because I'm traveling over that week that free agency opens. So I feel like I'm going to miss like one or two things while I'm in the air. Boys, I, I certainly hope this one is true because this team sucks. It, it's not a good football team right now. They, they, they have so many holes as every you know person that's a Bears fan with a microphone has said or a Twitter account or whatever. They, they need some serious help. I've said this a couple times on this podcast is I hope that they make a few splashes where there are a couple players that uh, that that other teams are going. Damn, I wish we would have had that guy. I, I hope that's happening within within our future. Um, this next one, boys. Uh, you know, I also I don't know, I don't know if this one is easy as a slam dunk, but I know it's been talked about a lot. So true or false, the Bears will trade down at least once in the first round of this year's draft. Let's go same order, boys. Sheldon, uh, Logan, Brendan, and I will finish it up. I think at least once is an inevitability unless like, honestly, nobody wants the pick, which I, I can't imagine. Um, so I think they trade down at least once you know, my, my hope, uh, beyond hope I've had, I've literally guys, I'm not kidding. I've had dreams about the bears trading down twice with the Texans and the Colts. That is like, that is the coup for me. If they can somehow find a way to trade down to two and trade down to four, that would be the grand slam of all grand slams. Shells dreaming about the Bears. Are you okay, man? Just, I just, you should. Check no, him. I'm not. Dreaming I'm not about okay. the I just Bears. want to ask you, are you you're good? Dreaming about the Bears. Totally good. separate from that, Logan. No, I'm, I'm okay. not okay. Okay, just want to check in with you. Um, no, I, I think it's definitely true. I like what Robert said about you always go through this process where you get to the point where these quarterbacks are doing their pro days, and right now maybe everybody's kind of lukewarm on this class, but it takes one clip, one throw for a team to absolutely fall in love with a guy. So I think that that number one pick will become even more you know, coveted in the coming months as that stuff happens, as the combine happens. Yeah, I think true as well, although I, I do get a little bit nervous. Y- you have heard some smoke screens already, or at least some reports from certain – Beat writers or bloggers saying, well, there there have been conversations. It's not even potentially with the Colts or even the Texans. You'd imagine, especially once the Colts figure out their coaching situation, which who knows when that's going to happen. I mean, you know, maybe Jeff Saturday gets the job and Jim Mersey gives them the keys and Chris Ballard to go out and just make whatever trade they need to to get a quarterback. But uh, Robert's right. And you will get more of those flashes from the quarterbacks during the pro days and during the combine. It just, it happens. I mean, guys shoot up the board. Nobody was talking about Mitch Trubisky as the second overall pick in 2017, even if he was listed as the top quarterback 
Baker Mayfield, same thing. Guys just shoot off the boards. It's going to happen. I sure hope this one is true. I mean, now I'm not as well-versed as Robert is and some of these other guys that are looking at every single player coming out of college, but I don't see a guy that I'm thinking – if we had to pick him at one, I feel great about it. Will Anderson, I think, is is good. Uh, Jalen Carter, I think I, I, we, we've talked about it a lot, that he takes a lot of plays off. You know, maybe how he will be as a pro as he learns and develops and gets stronger or whatever, maybe. But I don't see a guy that I'm that I'm just like, we have to have this guy as a bear. And he's, a, he's an absolute and utter game changer. So I sincerely hope that this one is true. All right, boys. So obviously next week is the Super Bowl. Uh, and so we got Eagles, Chiefs. Let's do this. Just quick thoughts on the game. If you want to, uh, yeah, let's do this. Quick thoughts on the game and uh, picking a winner uh, for next week's game. And then, uh, yeah, then we, we'll, 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 we'll find our way out of here. So Shell's. Uh, Brent, uh, sorry, Shells, Logan, Brendan, and I will finish it up. Super excited to see Rihanna's wardrobe choices. Like, super excited. Um, but in terms of the game, I think you asked about the game. Uh, I like the Chiefs. I think I said at the beginning, I'm I'm kind of surprised. I know the Eagles have a good, got a great roster, but I'm kind of surprised that the Chiefs are getting points in this game. Um, considering the experience that a lot of that team has playing in the Super Bowl, it is a completely different animal. We know that. Uh, I like the chiefs. I like the chiefs on the money line. I'm probably going to regret saying this and, and, um, I'm going to, I'm going to uh, look like an idiot when, when they get pasted uh, by the Eagles, but I don't know. Something in me tells me that the, the Chiefs shouldn't be getting points. Vegas always knows best, but, uh, in this instance, I like the chiefs to, to want a close one against the Eagles. Yeah, I'm going to go down with the ship with Shells as well. As soon as I saw the Chiefs were slight underdogs for this game, it's so hard not to just immediately just go to Patrick Mahomes and mm-hmm. you get a, you know, a point and a half or whatever they're laying right now. The one thing that I saw that's a kind of a random stat, but I'm I'm always, you know, deep in the betting space. So, in Super Bowl history, the winner against the spread um, the so so the the team that rushes for more more yards in the Super Bowl is 39 14 and three against the spread. The Eagles can run the hell out of the ball. The Chiefs cannot. So something that kind of made me think twice about that. So I by no means is this a slam dunk for the Chiefs as Vegas has suggested. But I think you can make an argument for both sides. But I'm definitely going to take Patrick Mahomes. But the teams in white jerseys usually win too. So true. That is a stat. <laughs> that is a that, that is a stat. <laughs> I find a billion of those different stats. I'm oh my god. Uh I I really hate picking them because I think their fans are garbage, but I am picking the Eagles. They're just so much more talented. Outside quarterback, I think they're so much more talented almost at every other position. They dominate other players and teams on both sides of the line. Their offensive line is deep. Their defensive line, their defense as a whole is just disgusting. I mean, even if Brock Purdy was able to stay in the game and not get hurt in the NFC Championship game, I don't think that offense is doing much. I mean, they were swarming the ball. They were swarming the quarterback. I It's hard picking against Patrick Mahomes. And yeah, Jalen Hurts, once he starts playing some better defenses, he doesn't do as well. But I think the Eagles are just so much more talented that they're going to they're going to win a close one as well. How do I say this without sounding like a whiner, a complainer? I just, how do the Chiefs get the extra third down 
play how i just i'm not the it's not scripted i'm not one of those people but i just how you can watch that that game and and walk away feeling satisfied i just don't get it and so um i i just i'm not excited as for this super bowl as i have been in the in the previous years i mean the eagles beat a team without a quarterback and the chiefs got some really really nice calls uh by the officiating so i don't know i i think i'm gonna pick the eagles maybe Am I a whiner? I mean, this is, I think this is a really exciting matchup. I kind of, I do too. I love it. I I would have been a little upset if the 49ers would have won. Sorry. But uh, like in terms of just like talent and what each team, I I think these teams match up against each other pretty well. I want to see Patrick Mahomes against this defense. I want to see what Jalen Hurts can do against the Kansas City defense against, you know, Frank Clark, Chris Jones. They destroyed Joe Burrow. Like that's, I think it's going to be a fun game. I think you're underselling it. I, uh, that's totally fair. You know what? I think it was more just of how those championship games ended is, is maybe more where I'm coming I get at it that. from. Yeah. Because you're right. In, in, in regular season, those were the best teams. And you, those are the teams that you probably want to watch play. I just remembered that about when we did the podcast, probably like two months or so ago, maybe a month or so ago, I told people to bet on the Chiefs of plus 400 uh, as a Super Bowl future. So... Every once in a while, if you pick and choose the things that I say, the bets I tell you to bet, they might be they might be okay, and that one still might lose. Just pick but. out the winners. Yeah, make it, it make making some money, making people our listeners some money. Oh, so. I doesn't say I didn't bet it. Of course, I, <laughs> <laughs> I told you to, but I didn't do, do it. Do what I say, not what I do. Something along those lines. Right, it's usually better. Uh, yeah. So, boys, obviously, Jack is not here. C- can I just say this, Logan? I know that that Fox Sports has you running around doing all sorts of crazy things, and it might be four months before we see you again, which I hope it's not. But it's really it's awesome not. having you on the pod, dude. Oh, I, yeah. I say it every time. I, I I hope that there comes a day where I'm not jumping on, and I'm like, oh, it's good seeing you guys. I haven't seen you in so long. But <laughs> every time that I am able to come on, it's a lot of fun. But excited for this week. Ever, watch the Super Bowl on Fox. Watch the Super Bowl and Fox Company, man. There you man, go. Man, you're, you you're go. about to be teammates with Tom Brady. That's very exciting. Exactly. Me and Tom, I'm going to email him every single day and just try <laughs> to set up like a Zoom call and see if he yeah. accepts one of them. <laughs> All right. So before we get to shout outs, I just want to say how freaking awesome was Carmen Vitale last week uh, or not two weeks ago, whatever, our last yeah. episode. She was freaking amazing. Yeah, another another Fox person. So uh, for shout outs, let's go the exact same order. So let's go Shells, Logan, Brendan and I will finish it up. Shout outs, boys. I'm, I'm going to shout out your glasses. I don't see them. I, something is off today. And I said, what's going on with Dangle? Something's not right. Is it the background? No, it was the glasses. They're not there. They're not there. You threw me off, man. Uh, shout out to your glasses. And a real quick, simple shout out. I just want to shout out all the listeners that have stuck with us tonight that have been chatting and, and, and uh, messaging us. Um, thank you. We hope you enjoy the new platform and the new format. Uh, but to Jordan, to I am Skokes, to Adam Dobbs, everybody else that was here tonight, thank you so much. Can't tell you how much we appreciate the interaction and you guys taking time out of your Sunday night to hang out with us and talk Bears football. Absolutely love it. Uh, we hope you continue to do it. So thank you very much. For my shout outs, first, I'm going to shout out Jack since he's not here. Our fantasy baseball league, which he kindly invited me to many years ago. We're about to start again. I just happened to have won two of the last three years. So I just wanted to say that. And then uh, shout out to Tails Never Fails. Bet on Tails for the coin toss in the Super Bowl because it literally never fails. So just do it. (laughs) Imagine betting on a coin toss. 
Like imagine that, not betting on a coin. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that, that you're the one that's with the just problem. Luck. You look, I think you can put the saying is sales. You want me to get off your lawn? (laughs) No, it's just funny when everybody's like the one prop bet for the Super Bowl bet the coin. No, I do. I do agree. I don't like betting on things like that. But every just once a year, I I just have to do it one time. Are you going to hear the national anthem uh, rehearsal? I don't think that I will be privy to that. But in case I do, maybe I'll just some inside information. Wait, I have a question. I don't know if you can disclose this or not, but are you traveling for the Super Bowl? No, I'm not. Hopefully in the future. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, no, I was just going to say, man, we should put together like, I don't know if we'll do a podcast because it's too soon, but just like the more obscure Super Bowl bets that we should put out. Because I made a lot of money last year. Like I made a lot of money on the longest punt. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, wow. Oh, yeah. Johnny Hecker. I don't know. I don't, I don't need to hear this from you, Brendan. Then is hey, he trouble over a coin toss bet, and he's betting on the longest <laughs> punt. What is? Yeah, because you can actually do research on it, man. You can, you can, you can. That's true. <laughs> uh, my real quickly, my one shout out goes to the uh, Windy City Productions, uh, Rashab. Uh, what an awesome guy! Super great Bears follow, and he made it big this past week with just a super cool Justin Fields highlight video. It was awesome. Just seven minutes of pure bliss of Justin Fields. And it got so big that Justin Fields himself even commented on it and sent him a message as well as a few uh, bears players. So, um, and the coolest thing I, I decided to write it up quickly. I didn't tell him I did it, but he sent me a DM saying my mom found your article and she sent it to me. She was so happy. I'm like, dude, that, that made me smile. Like, so he's such a good dude. He's a really good follow and he does the sickest bears at it. So I'm sure you're following him, but if not, check him out and uh, check out his YouTube page as well. It's uh the windy city productions. I think it's DWC prods. Uh, so shout out to him, Rashab. Rashab. Uh, it was phenomenal. It was so good. I think I've watched it like three times already at this point. Uh, Taylor Dahl, who is the co-host of Helmets and Heels uh, for the Jacksonville Jaguars, but is also a diehard Bears fan uh, and co-host the Making Monsters uh, for a Windy City Gridiron. Uh, awesome. Just f- some phenomenal interactions. Taylor, thank you for, for just the back and forth. It's been great. And the other one has to go to Jack Wright, and I really wish he was here because I, I want to embarrass him just a little bit. Uh, had my birthday a little while back and jack was awesome uh took uh took my wife and i out um and we just we had a really good time and it's just it was it's cool man you know 41 it's like not really any kind of a special birthday but it was just it was nice to to spend it with friends and uh yeah, that's it. So, so those those are my shout outs, um, folks. A couple quick things, just because we you know we we, we need to. Um, we got to say thank you so much for sticking with us. Let us know. We, we've got the, the the brand new layout here on YouTube. If you are one of our audio only listeners, we're please come on, check us out on YouTube. Uh, you know, we, we would love a subscribe on YouTube. Come look at our faces, see what these voices sound like. I've had a couple of friends. I don't know about you guys. Maybe I'm the only one. Let me know. Have any of your friends listened to the podcast and they say that it it throws them off when they see your face and not just your voice. Has I any- had a friend say that about one of you guys. Oh, do well, What does I that mean, Chagru? <laughs> no, just saying like just saying Wait, I don't, Boy, said, that was pretty what? like. Uh, what? No, no, no. Saying, um, well, I'll just say he said, "Oh yeah, I didn't. You know, Patrick looks different than what I pictured. What Better looking. Mean? Yeah, he did. He did mention that, but he, you know, he didn't. Was want it Kay to Adams? Tell us. 
Yeah. <laughs> there it is. Like, yeah. There it is. There it is. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> but yes, that has happened for real. <laughs> my my shout out goes to Shams. Step on a rusty nail. <laughs> <laughs> we so one of these days we got to take a segment and just dedicate it to this discussion because it would be phenomenal for those yeah. that don't know we won't get into it now but there's some there's some great stuff that we don't share with you that goes we can on disclose in that the, in a healthy yeah. manner one day yeah one day i don't think i'm the only one okay no we all got to talk through it yeah. we all got to talk through it logan yeah, yeah. bonk <laughs> all right so folks please please follow us on youtube follow us on instagram facebook twitter um at bear downside so for brennan chagru patrick sheldon logan bradley and jack wright even though he couldn't be here tonight folks we just want to say thank you so much for hanging out with us sticking around and as always bear down chicago